There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Redford. I'm Bob Woodward of the Washington Post. Mr. Markham, are you here in connection with the Watergate burglary? I'm not here. Hoffman. Hi, uh, this is Carl Bernstein of the Washington Post, and I was just wondering if you can remember... All the President's Men, the story of the two young reporters who cracked the Watergate conspiracy. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. This is our 100th episode. Lane wasn't sure we'd have 100 topics, but we've made it to 100 episodes. So thank you all who have been listening, and thanks to all the great guests we've had over the last almost two years. And um, appreciate the support that we've gotten from people who shout out to us every once in a while, send us emails, or we see them somewhere and they say they're listeners. And um, So it's been, it's been a great experience for that. Yeah. We're still going. And we're still going, <laughs> yes. Um, no, I think really something that's really helped is having so many wonderful guests like we do today, too. Yeah. No one wants to listen to us for 100 episodes. So we have a really fun topic today. Joining us today is Tom Jones, not the singer. Um, the, I can uh, sing if you want me to. You will. There you <laughs> go. Not very well. but <laughs> So Tom, he writes a daily newsletter about the media for the Pointer Institute. He also was for many years a sports writer and columnist here at the Tampa Bay Times. Um, if you don't subscribe to his newsletter, you should, because he's trying to keep you up to date on all the crazy stuff that's happening in our business. You want to put a shout out? What do, you, what do they have to do? Yeah, go to pointer.org. That's P-O-I-N-T-E-R dot O-R-G. And you can find newsletters and sign up. And each, uh, each day, Monday through Friday, uh, by 7.30 or so, you get the latest media news and analysis. There you go. But we didn't ask him to come here and talk about that. We <laughs> actually asked him to come here and talk about journalism movies because earlier this year, he put together a list of his favorites. So today's topic, movies about us. Um, so explain what you did and why you did it. Right. And first to explain the list, because I got a lot of pushback from many journalists about some of the, the, the movies that were on the list, which I'm sure we'll get to. But this was not a movie about great journalism. This was or a list about great journalism. This was a list of great movies that happened to involve journalism. journalism. Because and there, there were a lot of them. I was surprised there were that yeah, there many. There are. I mean, when I looked up, because you want to make sure you're getting all of them. You're not, you know, you're not leaving any obvious ones out. There were like, I think I saw some lists that had, there were like 60 or 70s uh, of them. And and for me, I tried to limit it to 25, but just putting them, just getting it down to 25 was quite the task. And then ranking them in order became a lot of fun. And the Quill Magazine does, did it this year too. They did 110, but some 110. of them, 110, right. but some of them are not like the, like they did the Philadelphia story where Jimmy Stewart happens to be a reporter, but it's not really about being a reporter right and I, and I almost consider like Philadelphia story in my list as well and I have a couple that are you know where like for example Citizen Kane's on my list even right. though I mean it's not really a movie about journalism as much as it is about Charles Foster Kane and you know his you know his life um, 
so it's th- there's some of that on my right. list as well. Right. Is that the oldest one? On my list? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And so, it's and it's um although his girl Friday, I'm trying to think uh, I'll look up exactly what yeah, year that's that came. An older but one Citizen too. Kane came out in 1941. His girl Friday 1940. So by so okay. his girl Friday by a year. Yeah. So why would you do this? Just for fun? Just because you don't have nothing else to do? <laughs> yeah, the short answer is yes. That's exactly what it's for. You know, when I used to work in the sports department at the, at the Tampa Bay Times years ago, I used to have a page two column where we found that, you know, using the old BuzzFeed sort of theory, that lists work. People like lists. People right. like to debate them. So I used to, I used to did this years ago with sports movies. What are the 10 greatest or 20 greatest sports movies of all time or 10 greatest boxing movies or whatever? So... It really became a, a slow time during the summer uh, over at Pointer, and we thought, "What's what's something to be fun?" You know, we're every day it's so serious with Trump and Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and what's going on at the Washington Post. And some days you're just like, "Man, I need a break from this stuff." So, what more fun way than to list the our favorite journalism movies? And you know, it's funny. I I I've written about how the Denver, uh, the Rocky Mountain News, it's been 10 years since they closed, and I've written serious topics about Fox News and and all these other, you know, Donald Trump and his attacks on media and journalism. This by far, this list, got more reaction than anything I've written since I've been at Pointer. Mm-hmm. Because people, That's everybody awesome. has, a, has a reaction to their favorite movie and what would have been on their now, list. Was this your list, Tom, or was this crowdsourced by other people? Too? No, this was this my list. Okay. Now, some people wanted to throw their two cents in, which was fine, but at the end of the day, no, I, I made it my list. So so what, what, made it, what made something rise to the top for you? First, it had to be a great movie. And, that, and that's, again, I, to use an example of... For example, like this is not all great journalism. Uh, Absence of Malice is high on my list. I think it's a top five movie. I have it number five because I think it's an incredibly good movie. I think it's highly entertaining. Sally Field's character is not the greatest journalism journalist that we've ever seen in movies. I mean, she sleeps with a source. She completely screws up the story. These are not things we would advocate and of course, it's a woman. <laughs> I know, it has, right? It has to be a female journalist who I makes know, all these mistakes. Okay, but anyway. this is this is a really good movie. So first and foremost, that was that was what mattered to me on the list was is how good of a movie is it? And then I tried to combine. Okay, how good was the journalism? How realistic was the journalism? But there are certainly there are certainly movies on this list where the journalism's not great, or it's a little stereotypical, or it, there are, again, like in absence of malice, where there are some things that. Journalists probably don't want to do. Such a sleeping <laughs> with a cautionary tale right. as well. <laughs> you know what? Like, like I was talking about this with Lane briefly beforehand. And again, we don't advocate, we don't condone this, but I mean, there are probably, there probably have been sources who have crossed the line or uh, journalists who have crossed sure. the line. Without a doubt. You know, and people know. have made that flat out made things up and got it in and, sure. you know. And there so. are, there are some pretty sketchy things I, that happen in like broadcast news is very high on my list. Well, William Hurt's character in broadcast news right. completely crosses a line, you know. Sure. So it's not necessarily this list is mostly about great journal, great movies before actual great, great journalism. Great journalism. Yeah. Um, so we probably, yeah, you know, I don't know, we'll probably bounce around a little bit, but we'll put a link to Tom's column so you can see all twenty five. But and and not to spoil the suspense, but so your favorite of all time, it's right? It's a no brainer, right? It's I my mean, favorite too. All the President's Men is a no brainer. I it and you sometimes when you put these lists together, you try to get a little too cute and say, let me throw a little off speed pitch here and I'll put network or something at number one or the paper and something that mm-hmm. that's really 
uh, a little bit out of left field. This is clearly, if people of our generation, I think it's okay to say, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. out of a certain age, I think if you're over the age of 40 and you saw all the president's men, then that that made that changed your life if if something if journalism was something you you were interested in and what makes this movie so there are two things about all the president's men that make it amazing to me one is you know how the story ends before you even sit down to watch it you know how it ends and yet you're on the edge of your seat the entire time that's to me that makes a special movie and the other thing is it's a true story told truthfully i mean there they most movies that right. are based on real events, they have to spruce it up a little bit, you know, and, and very easily in all the president's men, they could have like, just for the fun of it, let's throw in a car chase scene or let's throw in a, a love interest for somebody. Instead right. it was, this was all about journalism and pretty much everything that happened in that movie happened in real life. And I thought it told the story of journalism well in terms of it's not, you know, every scene wasn't meeting deep throat in a parking garage and having this, you know, right. this uh, incredible, revelation of what's going on inside the white house there was my one of my favorite scenes in that movie is woodward and bernstein are sitting in the library of congress and they go going through stacks and stacks of library slips to see what the white house checked out over the previous four years or whatever it was that's what that's a large part of what journalists do is a lot and i don't know if you know lane you know and maria you know it's there's a lot of mundane work it's not all sexy every day there's a lot of just minutia that you have to go through to get to the story. And that's what I love about all the presidents. And yet it never seemed boring. It never seemed like it was it was mundane. It, it actually, I thought it made the process seem exciting. I mean, I think I first watched that movie when I was maybe in junior high school or something. And I already knew I wanted to be a reporter, like something inside me. But that made me really want to be a reporter. Right. And that scene where they're sitting there late at night in the empty newsroom and they're just taking notes and they're connecting the dots of all their stories, that was that still gives me the shivers when I think about that. Oh, and now also there's a, there's the scene where they they mess up, where they they when he's on the phone when when uh, Carl Bernstein's on the phone and said, "Okay, I'm going to count to 10. and if it's okay to run, then hang up. And you know something like that, and then he and ends up being wrong. You know those things happen during the course of reporting mm-hmm. a major story such as Watergate. So what I loved about all the president's men was it was like I said, it was a it was a true story told truthfully. They didn't have to add anything to it, and yet it was it was one of those movies that was just. So I think Spotlight did it well for this exactly. generation too, because it didn't. It wasn't. Um, it was a lot of pounding on doors, trying to get people to talk to you, getting stuck, mired, and in, in all that stuff that we know we do. And it in the same thing, it did. It made you feel interested in the story, even though it's. It wasn't all glamorous stuff. You were right. on the hunt with them. They you take were you the on hunt, the yeah. hunt with them. And you yeah. get slammed doors. And I'm sure, you know, Lane, you've worked on stories where that are very difficult stories where people don't want to talk to you. And then and then there come those moments. There was that one moment in in Spotlight where Rachel McAdams character knocks on the door and she starts and she's expecting another door to slam in her face. And then all of a sudden you know, the guy starts talking to her. And it's like there's that moment you could like, oh, yeah. she's so good in that scene where she's like He's actually talking it to worked. me like it's working. Like he's going. The same thing happened in uh, in all the president's men, where where Carl Bernstein knocks on J- um, Jane Alexander's door, and and her sister comes to the door, and she's like, "Do you want a cup of coffee?" He's like, "Yeah," and he like just barges his way in, and the next thing you know, he's in there for you know, he's writing on napkins and and toilet paper and all that. Those are moments that that they really happen, you know, and that's it what feels makes very it. real to yeah. life. Yeah. It, so some of some of the ones you picked are really serious. Some of them are not as serious, right? Um, right. And 
Some of them are cautionary tales. Some of them are true life stories. Uh, well, a lot of them are true life stories, right? They Turn are. Into- a, lot of, a lot of them are based on on real stories. Uh, Kill the Messenger, which was about um, the uh, San Jose Mercury News reporter Gary Webb talking about the CIA involvement in a, a Contra cocaine trafficking. That was a true story. That was a um, totally depressing story. Live from Baghdad was a really, that was basically the almost a create, not the creation of CNN, but it's when CNN really put itself on the map. Yeah. Um, that was based on a true story. Um, Zodiac was, was based on a true story. So yeah, there are a lot here, but you know, what? Can, I, can I just be, I want to make sure we get to this movie because it's my, okay. it might be my favorite movie on the list, even though all the president's men is number one, the paper. I love the paper. I love the paper too. You know I, it's so campy and it's so it's so um, over the top at times. But but I swear to God, Michael Keaton. I related to Michael Keaton's character more than any editor I've ever seen on screen. Really, because forty things are happening all at once, and you're like, in like one minute you're dealing with someone's you know personal issue, and another minute you're trying to chase the story, and then and then when he goes running in, I told Lane my favorite scene there is when he goes running into the printing plant, and he says, "Stop the presses," and the guy goes, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, like that's a movie that you would think that not that journalists the journalists would hate because you, as you mentioned, it's almost too over the top. It's so so stereotypical that that we would almost be offended as journalists. And yet I find most journalists love that movie and more though, more so than non-journalists, even right down to the name of that movie, the paper. I love the idea that it's called the paper because that's how people who work at a newspaper refer to the place they work. When I don't know how, how you guys are, but yeah, when, totally. when I told my wife, if she would call me and say, where are you? I wouldn't say I'm at the times. I would always say I'm at the paper right. or I'm going into the paper. Yeah. I'm going to head back. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. To the paper now. That's what we call it, and which what I always thought was so cool. I get even the, the name of the, of, the, of the movie was great. And then, of course, there's that great scene where, where Michael Keaton tells the the guy from the basically what was the New York Times, you know, when the guy says, you know, we cover the world, he goes, well, I don't live in a world, I live and sleep in New York, you know, <laughs> which is my favorite line. That movie. I loved uh, Marissa Tomei too uh, when she's <laughs> she's. I mean, we've all worked with that reporter, you know. She's going off somewhere to have a drink with somebody to get some information. The guy turns to her, he's like, you don't really want to be here. You just want what I have, and she's like, yep, pretty well, much. And, yeah. and, and <laughs> part of the end, which Jason Alexander, who's upset because they've written a big Randy uh, Randy Quaid's did a big story, bit a big column on him, and he's holding he's holding everybody hostage. He's got the gun, and he said, why? Why did you write about me? And Randy Quaid looks at me because because it was your turn, which I. <laughs> Another one of the great journalism lines of all time. Um, so let's poke b- bounce around here. Which yeah. what's another one you went? Yes, I I wholeheartedly agree. I think the paper is entertaining as hell. I think broadcast news, which was number two on my list, and I actually it, when I tr- when I almost got stupid and I almost put it number one, but I ended up putting it number two. But I, if you talk to people who, um, especially at that time, 
it's that's even though it's it's a comedy and it's fictional, it was it's there's some realism to that movie, you know. And, and again, it's a little bit stereotypical where you had the first off the Holly Hunter character was based on uh, Susan Zerinsky, who's now mm-hmm. the head of CBS News, just took over. Um, and um, and then of course the William Hurt character is that's kind of stereotypical, the pretty boy who. Looks good on camera, but doesn't know anything. And then, of right. course, you got Albert Brooks's character, who knows everything, but, but looks yeah. looks awful on camera. You know, right. um, so that's again, that's one of my uh, one see. They and they felt like real people. They felt like the kinds of people that you would run into right. in this business. Right. Yeah. And and I I love the scene where and apparently Susan Zerinsky was a little bit like this, where she would she would like sort of carve out five minutes a day where she would just cry. Because she didn't want anybody at work seeing her cry, and then she was done, and then she would move on with the rest of her day, which I thought was brilliant writing as well. One of our editors used to have a crying couch. Remember the pilot who just would cry? Yeah, but would she cry? I think so. <laughs> I saw her cry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not every day. Well, do you have a do you have a favorite journalism movie, Lane? Well, Besi- totally besides other than all the presidents, like, we just remove all the presidents. Yeah, no, that her. totally was my favorite. I was really, really. Um, taken with the post actually because i grew up in dc in 70 you know the early 70s and i took my parents to see the post and so i've been a journalist now for you know 32 years and my dad was so captivated by the printing press part i'd never seen my dad so enthralled in a piece he was like he had no idea how the paper got printed and how that whole process worked and it was like getting to take my parents on a a field trip you know to the plant i thought why have i never taken them to the plant you know but i i like that movie too because it gave um such a backstory about Catherine Graham mm-hmm. and portrayed her as, you know, a grandmother as well, whereas Spotlight, I thought, was real spot on you yeah, know, yeah. about how the process worked. But I kept wanting them to have to call their wife and go, honey, I'm going to be at work till 11 o'clock tonight. Right. Honey, I can't come to the kids' clarinet recital. You know, it didn't bring in any of their home life. Where right. I thought the post and, and to me, Catherine Graham was like the first woman leader I'd known of in newspapering. So I thought it really they did a great job of, of straddling those worlds of her personal and professional life. Right. We, did, we did a team field trip to go see the post. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun too. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Like when I first saw the post, I was, um, I wasn't blown away with it as much as I thought I would be. Um, there are, there are sort of goosebump moments in there. Yeah. Like when, when, uh, you know, when Meryl Streep, when Catherine Graham says, um, you know, that's my decision. Now I'm going to bed, you know, and then they're like, you know, and they, yeah. and Tom Hanks picks up the phone and Ben Bradley and, and said, let's go. And then they, and then all of a sudden the printing press starts like that's, that's a thrilling moment. And the Supreme court, when they announce it, that's, that's a, a special moment. But I always, I always thought that movie was made up of moments, but as time has gone on, I've started to appreciate that movie more and more. But it, when it first came out, I remember thinking like, I wanted to be more blown away by it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why it wasn't. But well, I think I've changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was really well done. I thought, and there were, um, it, it had had that same quality that all the president's men had in this sort of this throwback moment, this important moment in, in journalism the history. Golden you know? age yeah. of journalism, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I loved his line of <laughs> when talking about how long it was going to take somebody to write. And, and um, was, uh, Tom Hanks says, uh, let's pretend you're not a novelist. <laughs> let's get it done. Well, and I love that scene, too, where he invites them all over to his house, and yeah. there's this urgency, and I was like, okay, Maria, we're coming over to your house with all of our boxes of documents, and everybody just everybody take a camp snack. out, yeah. Yeah. Um, Shattered Glass is another movie that was in my top ten. I think I had it number six on my list. And, of course, that was about Stephen Glass, who was a writer, star, a star reporter at the New Republic, and turned out that 
half of more than half of the things he wrote were completely made up. Shattered glass is my nightmare. <laughs> my daily nightmare. Yeah, like, I imagine. An editor. Yeah. And the movie was really well done. I, I thought, I mean, I'm not a huge Hayden Christensen fan, but I thought he did. It's, a, you know, uh, it's funny. Like a lot um, of people say that. Too, I'm just, you know? I, but I thought that, I thought that role, <laughs> Marta, our producer's nodding her head, but yes, um, I thought that role, he, he really played it well because I mean, I, I mean, he's kind of freaky. Yeah. You know, as a reporter who makes shit up and then starts getting called on the carpet a little bit and then it all starts to unravel. And they're, com- they're almost, what makes that, I think what makes his character so good is he's so despicable. But yet, I do, there there almost comes a moment in that movie where, I, at least I did, I started to feel bad for him. You know, you almost feel like, man, he was so, he's so underwater at this point. Like, you almost... You almost want to let him up just for a minute, but then you realize what he's doing is is mm-hmm. just completely, you know, horrible, and it can never be done. And Peter Sarsgaard, I think, is really is really good in yeah. that movie as his as his editor Chuck Lane, um, who basically gets to the bottom of it. And he and I've I've listened to to, to podcasts and interview with with Chuck Lane, and there were there was that moment where Hayden Christensen or Stephen Glasses says to him, um, "Do you want me to say I made it up? Because I will." And he kept trying to get Peter Sarsgaard, Chuck Lane, to, to say, here's what you should say. And then he had no culpability at that point. He said, well, I was just doing what my editor told me to do. And the whole time, Chuck Lane just kept saying, I just want you to tell me the truth. Just can you do that? Can you just tell me the truth? But that movie, there, that movie is, there are times in that movie where it's, like I said, it's very difficult to watch because I feel so bad. You know what? The other thing I found about that movie, too, and it really did happen, was so... He gets called by, they get called out by Forbes, which is on top of the story. It was Adam Pennenberg was the one who basically uncovered this. And Chuck Lane, like if somebody called you from another publication, now you're an editor, Maria, if somebody called you and said, hey, we have questions about such and such a story, I don't know that I would put my reporter on the phone. Mm-hmm with that somebody from another news organization. They are completely transparent. I'll give them that. Right. But it was right. a... Boy, they <laughs> and that and Stephen Glass even says that in the movie where he's saying, you know, you don't have my back like Michael, my old editor Michael Kelly had my back. You know, mm-hmm. why, you're supposed to protect me, right. and they were. He was like, no, I'm protecting the magazine. I'm protecting journalism here, which was kind of cool too. I was at a when it first came out. I went to a um, a showing at this small theater, and they wanted us to have like a Q and A after the fact, and people were like, "Well, could that really happen?" And I was like. Uh, yeah, I think it could. I mean, like, you know, like I, I would hope that you'd ask enough questions as an editor and your antenna would go up. But if, if it was somebody like that, of course, and it was like, didn't that happen around the time of Jason Blair and everything? So, right. I mean, there was a lot of stuff happening at the same time and it was sort of like, could this, could this stuff really happen? And I would think, I don't know, you know, um, yeah, could somebody make up enough details and, and draw it out enough where you wouldn't get too suspicious or, you know? Right, and you know the funny thing, I like if I've read a lot about the Jason Blair case, which was he was a reporter for the New York Times. If, for those who don't know, who basically got caught plagiarizing, stealing stuff from other news organizations, and you would think, okay, that you're going to get caught. You work for the New York Times, for goodness sakes! Like who's? It's not like you're you're writing for, you know, a hundred people on a blog. Like right. you write for the the somebody's going to say something. Someone's going to see it, including the person who actually wrote the stuff that you're stealing from. But with the Stephen Glass story, that was a reporter who, um, you know, at some point, as you were mentioning, Maria, like you have to trust your reporter at some point. 
you know, there there comes a time where you can't fact fact check like whether the thing actually happened or not. You yeah. know, I mean, you have to trust your reporter. They're like, this is a real story. You know, and you said you felt sorry for him, and I get that in a point too because you feel, you feel like, you know you get yourself dug in this hole and you can't get out. And I, I always kept thinking about that and the Jason Blue. Like, isn't it harder to make stuff up? Like, isn't it harder, seriously, as a journalist, to make up lies and then pretend that you can carry them to the next lie that you're going to have to right. fan well, out over that time, you know? There's a great scene, too, at, at the end of, of Shattered Glass. I think all these movies have, like, there's a, always a great line in all these movies. And, and Stephen Glass is talking to Chuck Lane and he's trying to you know, tell him like, hey, can you take me to the airport? Because I'm not feeling, you know, I don't feel well. I'm afraid about what I might do. And Chuck Lane still turns to him and says, stop pitching, Stephen. You know, which I is just a devastating. It's like, okay, it's up. You're gone. I don't have your back anymore. That's right. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Let's see. Pick out one more that you want to talk about because we, we try to keep these podcasts to a yeah, certain yeah. amount. What, you know, you okay. Think? I'm going to go, I'm going to go way down on the list. I mean, there are, you yeah. can, people can go and check out the story. Okay. And feel free to send Tom messages about whether yes. you disagree. Well, and I'm agree. sure many yeah. people will. Well, yes. Okay. I'm going to give um, a, a movie that almost didn't make the list, but it, it made it at number 25 was almost famous, which is, I love Almost Famous. <laughs> Martin's going crazy. Over. I, and it's <laughs> it's kind of based on a true story of Cameron Crowe, who directed it and who wrote Almost right. Famous when he was a kid. He actually wrote a story for Rolling Stone magazine. But that is, that went. Lane, that, why didn't you do that? That seems like a Lane to Gregory dream, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on the road, be a groupie. I love it. It's not oh, too late, oh, Maria. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to be the writer. She's saying you're going to be Penny Lane in that movie. Yeah. Penny, let's see. Penny Lane works. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, I love, uh, I love yeah. Almost Famous. And again, it's a, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a journalism movie. I mean. It's a coming of age movie. Yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah. And of course, there's that tremendous scene where they're all on the, the bus and they start singing Tiny Dancer. And, and he turns to, uh, he turns to Kate Hudson and says, you know, I got to go home. She goes, you are home. <laughs> if you don't get like I tear, I actually almost teared up now just for saying that to you guys. But um, yeah, groupies are undercovered <laughs> part of our demographic. Yes, I'll, I'll be glad to go on the road like that, Maria. Um, Anchorman was a movie I almost put on the list just for the fun of it, and we're glad you didn't. <laughs> but, I, but I knew I would get killed by journalists, so I, I left it off. But I did also include a list of my some of my favorite journalists. Uh, fictional journalist, and I, th I think Ron Burgundy, or at least um, you did, uh, right? You put him on the list, yeah. The, and also, I put KVWN Channel Four San Diego was one of my favorite fictional news organizations. So I like Les Nessa. Yeah, you got, you got um, Les Nessa was really my my top ten funny journalists. Yeah, Ron Ron <laughs> Burgundy was on that list as well. So and Ted Baxter, of course, from Mary Tyler Moore, and Lou Grant. You know, Lou Grant was a we were talking about that for a minute. Was a great TV show as well. Yeah. So yeah, no, we we yeah we. We should. We need to. Lane and I were gonna. We were gonna get some of the younger reporters in a room and like watch Lou Grant and kind of see what everyone's reaction was to Lou Grant back in the day because we both wanted to be Billy. Yeah, that was yeah. formative. Well, I wanted to, everybody wanted to be Animal, like the guys, the photographer. You know. So. All right. So you can. We will include a link to the list um, on the podcast. But please do reach out to Tom if you want to uh, pick yeah. at him. T Jones at pointer.org. Yeah. Yes. And if you have a question for Lane or want to suggest a, t a podcast topic, please email it to write Lane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. Join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Marta Asensio Ryan. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Thank you.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.